It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. App, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and we are very excited to be joined today by a uh, now returning guest of the, program. Friend of, the show. Friend, of the program, friend of the program, another Craig, Craig Button. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure to join you. But uh, to watch the state of relaxation that the three of you are in, <laughs> the only thing that I would be more jealous of is if you were doing it by the pool or something. <laughs> True, we should do that. Right, yeah. Next time you're Next on, Craig, we'll arrange that. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming back. For those who are unfamiliar, Craig Button is the TSN Director of Scouting, a former NHL executive and scout. And with the NHL draft fast approaching, we're talking all about draft and prospects, so we're gonna ask some questions for Craig, who's who knows it all. So, yeah, we're gonna load you up here today, Craig. So <laughs> I, I think I sent you the script. I, I didn't mean for this to be a three-hour show, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it Buckle goes. Up, Craig, here we go. Well, I, I can give short answers, Craig. You know, <laughs> need the show to be shorter, but you know, it's a it's a fun time of the year because you know. As more teams are eliminated from the playoffs, you know, they focus in on the draft and the draft is about the future, right? So when you, when you get looking to the future, it's always done with uh, optimism and and that's what the draft is about and all these young players that are, uh, you know, trying to vie to show that they're the player that a team wants. It's a lot of fun to watch it not only play out over the course of the year, but to see how it plays out on draft days. Yeah, no question. A, a dream for all of these kids. It's it's important to remember that when you're covering the draft, too. This is, this is the biggest day of their lives to that point. Yeah. I want to start with an event that's coming up because it's it's kind of the last chance to really get a sense of guys' games, bodies, personalities before you have to build that list. I, at least I think it's the last sense. So we'll ask you about that, too. But the scouting combine begins on Sunday. In your opinion, what's the value of this event for scouts, managers, executives who basically scouted these players all year? Is it all about those one-on-one interviews and actually being able to pull out the tape measure and make sure they're as tall as they say they are? Or can you actually learn other things about the on-ice player or other aspects, Craig? Well, I think there's multiple positives about this. I'm going to start with the with the player part of it. You know, you know, you you get full medicals on the players that attend the combine, and it's really important. You know, as the players, you know, whether they've had injuries or they have something that they're not aware of. So to go through that medical process is something that's really significant. And the example I always use is David Carl who the head coach of the NCAA uh, champion Denver Pioneers was going to be a high draft pick in the NHL draft. And at the combine, they detected an irregular heart that prevented him from carrying on his hockey career. Wow. So the fact that they have that for all the players, and if you can you know, make players aware of something that they may not be aware of, is certainly really significant. And I, I don't think you can ever uh, you know, underscore the importance of that enough. Number two, you know, it, it serves as a benchmarking process with the with the tape measure, Craig, and, and, and everything you're at. You know, NHL teams now 
our, our you know, the, the physio, physiology departments are coming in. They're looking at what can be developed physiologically. A big part of the NHL draft is projection. So what you want to do is, is give yourself more opportunity to project accurately. Yeah, it's never going to be an exact science, but, you know, bringing more science into it, you know, gives the NHL teams a little greater confidence because it's one thing to say, I think his skating can improve more than this player, but now the physiology might say, this player has a better chance to improve his skating than that player. So I think that through a confidence level of, of who you're going to select, it helps. Now we go to the teams and the, you have your whole group together. And, you know, you have an opportunity to spend time talking, refining your list, moving your teams aren't moving their list in any significant way based on the trauma. What they're okay. doing is trying to get comfortable with the grouping of players that they're considering at, at the points in the draft where that, the, those players may fit in. So the opportunity to, to, to meet with a lot of players, I mean, I mean, that's beneficial. But the teams know where they're picking and they have their group kind of identified. So they zero in a little bit more with that, with that group of players during the interviews. Like a team picking seven, okay, let's just say they want to meet with Shane Wright. Like there's no chance to get seven. But the, the, the group of players that they might be looking at at seven might be three or four guys. Now they can say, well, we're going to ask different questions. We're going to be a little bit more pointed, or we're going to ask about things, something about, uh, you know, the player they'd like him to, to, to talk about, whether it be his game or something that they have a concern about and hear what he has to say about it. I think that that's where they zero in. And, and, then, and then after that, it builds from, you know, who do we want to spend more time with? Because you're not, you can't go and test the players uh, after the combine, but you can go and meet with the players. And I think that, you know, you get that opportunity now after meeting them briefly to zero in on that group and say, okay, we want to spend more time here with this player to give ourselves the confidence and, and everything that goes. But one of the things about the combine that I find interesting, and you look at the NFL combine, where it's very, I mean, it's a very extensive on the field of play that they're actually performing their sport in. Where hockey, you don't get these kids out on the ice. You're, you're, you're getting them in gym setting and more, I guess, more one-on-one -on -one psychological stuff. Do you ever see this evolving where we're looking at players on the ice, that we're doing on-ice testing for this for this part of, of the draft preparation? You know, Steve, what I say is, is that I know that that's been discussed. You know, you have, you have a lot of you know, players coming from different areas. What you can do the on ice skating speed, right? But the, the physiology uh, will will tell you that if you evaluate their their speed and running, the power, explosiveness, you 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 can understand where there's an opportunity to develop. Uh, you know, the, the areas that they're skating. I, I, the speed on the ice is one thing. But you got to keep in mind we're dealing with 17 and 18 year old players. That speed has to be so much better. The NFL, because you're you're, you're looking at a combine where you're bringing the players right into your lineup, like you know a few months after the NFL draft, it's very different. Like you know they're way more physically developed. The speed that they have at that point in time is very different than these players being measured for their speed. So what what what? what it, would it be a benefit? I think it definitely would, and that's why there's conversations. I think we have to ask ourselves, like, how much is, is the value in that? And, and again, some players haven't played. Some players have. You know, some players are coming off of uh, just finishing. Some players are a few months from playing. So trying to factor that all in has been one of the challenges as they discuss this. But, again, you're, you're – this is a benchmarking for how much a player can, can, can progress. The NFL combine is really an assessment of where's that player right now? Does a player that's slow at 22, he's going to be slow at 23 and 24 and 25. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So, yeah. you know, when a player at 17, he might not be as fast, but you start to look at the body and start to say hey, he can develop in that area. And, and, and I think that that's where the difference lay. Hmm. So after the combine, there's, you know, just over a month until the NHL draft. So 
what's happening in that month? Is there any more evaluation or at that point are the team's lists pretty much set in stone? I don't think they're set in stone, Liam. I think that, you know, again, you're, you're working within a, within a, what I call a sliding range. So again, I'm just going to say team picking seven. They don't know who they're picking. They have no idea who they're picking. They have an idea of the players they would like to pick. They have an idea of the group that they're looking at. And then ultimately they have to make a decision at seven based on what's happened in front of them. But what I would say after the combine is now you have a new set of data, a new set of information to consider. You've spent time with the players. Maybe it might be a short period of time. Maybe you followed it up and spent more time. You have the physiology part of it. And so now this, this other information comes in and, and what I would, Say is, is is you're refining your list. If you're redefining your list based on the combine, you're making mistakes. What you want to do is say, okay, we thought this player might be a little bit better in, in, in his ability to improve his skating. Based on what we know now, based on the combine and the data we've obtained, we push that player maybe not out of the group, but he's not a consideration at seven. Now, he might become a consideration at 18 if you have an extra pick. And certainly, the Coyotes have a number of first-round picks and second-round picks. You're not just, but at different points, you're trying to refine that list, trying to say, okay, at seven, if these are the guys here, it's one, two, three. It's not so much about obvious that we're taking this guy. Every player is going to offer something different. Most, a lot of players are in different positions. It's about saying, this is the guy we're confident with. So that's where I use the word refinement. But you have you have a new set of data and a new set of information to, to work on that list. And, and, and again, I, I call it an exercise in building your confidence level with the players you want to select and ultimately select. And I, I think you build on that after the call. Craig, uh, the World Championship is going on right now. We've reached the final eight teams. I'm guessing you've been watching as much as you possibly can. Has it impacted your opinion of players either positively or negatively? Is there someone that's risen in your eyes or fallen in your eyes based on their performance at this tournament so far? Well, what I would say is, is it reaffirms. It, let's go back to the 2016 draft. And Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine both played in the World Championships that year. And uh, Patrick Laine was fantastic. But he'd been fantastic the, the whole season. And, you know, coming out of that World Championships, all of a sudden the conversation started to, uh, you know, involve, well, maybe Patrick Laine is the best player in this draft. Well, you know, I don't think there was any time before the World Championships that you didn't consider Patrick Laine as a top player. But just because a player has a great World Championships or a great event, whatever it is, I think you got to be looking at it over a period of time. I, for, you, you watch Uri Southcott. Yeah. He's a really good player. If it, like, and I think that you're always trying to evaluate, okay, how does he fit this player? What's his projection? How does it translate to the NHL? And, and I think that all he continues to do is show you that he's a player that's going to be a really good NHL player. Now, you got to assess that against player – Shane Wright with uh, the Kingston in the OHL, who's not playing anymore. Logan Cooley, who just came from the uh, uh, U18. who came from the U18, is not playing anymore. And, and you know, maybe Neiman, who is playing the World Championship for Slovakia. You're still evaluating, okay, who has the greater upside? What fits your team? What type of player do you want? And go from there. Unless your name's Connor McDavid, it's not as clear as everybody thinks. Although, you know, we talk about the first overall pick, and and the reason I go back to Austin Matthews, there's no question that Austin Matthews was the best player in, in, in most people's minds. There's no question now who the best player in that draft was. But this is what happens with draft when it's not clearly defined. Yeah. And as much as I may think it's defined, or somebody else may think it's defined, you know, there's still the opportunity to discuss and debate and, and, and consider that there that there might be different players that could fit into that area 
of the draft. But um, the World Championships, I think you have to understand that it's just another opportunity to evaluate the abilities and talents of the players and try to project that out to the NHL. It replicates the NHL to a greater extent than the junior leagues. But again, everything is about what I call over a period of time and watching it. They, they, they reaffirm my thought that these are real top-end kids. I talk about stuff, talk peanuts. I want, I'm glad you brought up that point uh, a little a bit ago about differing opinions of the number one pick, unless it's, unless it's obvious, like someone like Connor McDavid. Because one of the things that I've seen as a media member covering the draft all, over so many years is we get to this point in the year, and I think some analysts or media members start trying to convince themselves that the number one pick isn't going to be the guy that we've said it's going to be all year. I've seen this recent narrative that Shane Wright is dropping. I've had some people suggest to me they don't even think he's going to go in the top two now. I wanted to ask you about that. Is that real or is that just a, a media-driven thing or one of these crazy things that happen so close to the draft that may not be grounded in reality? Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that uh, at TSM, Bob McKenzie, before the draft lottery, he did a, he did a poll and I think he talked to nine scouting directors in the poll was is that Shane Wright was still number one with six. And I think this Slavkovsky had two and Cooley had, had one, if I remember correctly. Well, you know, okay, so you get a divergence of opinion and it's not unanimous. And I mean, I could understand that. But, but now once you know that the Montreal Canadiens uh, are picking first, no one scouts that matter the Montreal Canadiens scouts. Yeah, And so we can sit here, Craig, and we can talk about, oh, should you consider Slavkovsky? Should you consider Logan Cooley? I don't think there's anything wrong with the, with, with the conversation. But when we start to evaluate and, and say that, like, oh, because Slavkovsky's having a third world championship now, he's the, he, he's the better player to go first. I'm just picking him out. I think you're making a mistake because it's not about one tournament. And it yeah. never should be about the tournament. And the reason I bring up Austin Matthews and Patrick Line, the same exact conversation happened. The same exact conversation happened. Even early into the next year, you know, Line had a fantastic start to his NHL career. So did Austin Matthews. The debate was going on. Wow, maybe Line should have been respectful. And I think that that speaks to how good both of the players were. Ultimately, there's only one team that gets to select in any particular slot, whether it's one or two or three, and they're the only ones that matter. And I can guarantee you, I, I say this to Bob McKenzie, how many of those scouts, and he doesn't, he doesn't answer me, but <laughs> I would like to know how many of those scouts are picking in the top five. Because any scout offering an opinion that's not picking in the top five, I throw it doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's a, it's a okay. good point. I want to ask you about Logan Cooley. Um, right now, he's listed by Central Scouting at five ten. He told Craig that he's five eleven, but <laughs> you know, regardless, under six feet is his size a concern at all? Especially if he does um, go with the Coyotes, is and for to be hit the Coyotes' number one center, is his size a concern at all? You, you know, it's funny. The, I don't know if you've ever heard me use the line. I don't scout with a tape measure. Uh, you know, when I watch Logan Cooley play, I, I never go and go, geez, he's five foot ten. Oh boy, is that height going to be a problem? I, I see this fantastic state, fantastic imagination and creativity, great hand. I think he's got 360 degree awareness. He makes everybody around him better. He's a competitor. And I never leave a game going, oh, he's only five ten. You know, everything being equal. You'll, you're going to take the bigger player over the smaller. That's just everything being equal. Here's the challenge. Rarely, rarely is everything equal. So yeah. <laughs> you better get down to the skill. And you, you consider, okay, what does it mean? But when I watch them play, and the game now is not about trying to, you know, bull your way, like through through, through hooking and clutching and grabbing, where, where size, you know, what was a factor? It's about being quick and fast and operating in small pace because nobody can hold you up. And so for me, when I watch Logan Cooley, I, I, I see a top-notch player. And quite frankly, 
I see him as a clear cut number one center. Awesome. Yeah, and that's good. And that I know what the Coyotes fans want to hear because they're picking at three. I, I've seen your most recent list, and let's say your top four players right now are all forwards. Can you give us a little insight into Craig Button's top three so Coyotes fans can go, good grief, we might get one of these three players. Can you give us an insight into your top three today? Well, well my top three are, and, and, and you know what, top three, like, like I, I would say it's probably top four, and you, depending on what you want. So to me, Shane Wright is, is, is the best player. And I've said this often, he reminds me so much of Patrice Bergeron. And, and I asked the question, I did my own poll, Steve. Yeah. I asked the poll, I said, who doesn't want Patrice Bergeron? Put up their hand. Well, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's hand went out. Yeah. And, and so, so when I see, like, I know what type of player he is. He, he, he's not this Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid type. But Patrice Bergeron going to the Hall of Fame. Ray Ferraro, I was laughing last night when he was talking about uh, Sebastian Ajo during the Ranger Carolina game. And Sebastian Ajo hasn't had, I don't know if he got a point last night on the goal, but he hadn't had a point on the road in the playoffs. And, you know, the point was made. And then Ray said, yeah, but when you're playing against Patrice Bergeron, he can kill all your offense. And, you know, that's that's his game. And he's going to the Hall of Fame. And so when I watch Shane play, that's the player I've always seen him as. I've never seen him as anything but that. And and I think that Patrice is a terrific player. Logan Cooley, ironically, I think is like Sebastian Ajo. (laughs) You know, you know, you know, just to kind of carry it forward. Sebastian, like Logan, or Logan, like Sebastian, is dynamic, creative, and I think they're only going to get better with physical maturity. You got Uri Slavkovsky, who's a left winger and a, and, and a bull moose. He, he's powerful, he's strong. Going back to the draft here, he reminds me a lot of Pierre-Luc Dubois. That ability to push his way into the hard areas. I know Columbus has pushed him into the middle of the ice after drafting him. And now that's where he plays now in Winnipeg. But as a left winger, you know, he was such a strong player. And now you have, for me, Joachim Kemmel, who, when I watch him play, reminds me of Philip Forsberg of the National Predator. So, you know, okay, so I've just mentioned, I've just mentioned yeah. Patrice Bergeron, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Philip Forsberg. Like, they're all, like, really, really top-notch NFL players. So it's easy to say, take this guy over that guy. They're all good. They're all good. Yeah. So make your choice. How does it fit? The reason I go back to Cooley and, uh, you know, Leah, they drafted Dylan Gunther last year. Dylan Gunther's a first-line right here. And I think you put a centerman like Cooley there, oh, boy. Now, now you're starting to build a, a oh, top boy. number one line that can work together and be dynamic offensively. You, you know, Stavkowski is a big winger. He would fit. Kemmel, I, I really like this game. But you got Gunther. And if you don't have centers, you're going to have a tough time being able to take advantage of the skilled winners. Yeah. Oh, we, you, we've been I talking about that for 20 years here, Craig. <laughs> uh, Craig, you just excited every hockey fan in the Valley. And the word we've used over and over again now for the last year is hope. Yeah. And we've got Dylan Gunther tearing it up right now. And to think putting him with another fast, dynamic, skilled player – Oh, good grief. I hope I'm just around to see it. I guess that's our segue to the Coyotes. So, you know the situation with the Coyotes. They're going to have three first-round picks, including number three. They're going to have seven in the first 45. What do you think they can accomplish? If if you're looking at this through an executive's eyes, how are you looking at taking seven picks in the top 45? What's your strategy? And then, of course, Craig, we're going to ask you the money question. Who do you think is going number three to the Coyotes? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to answer the money question. <laughs> I accept the e-transfers, Craig. <laughs> uh, what I would say to you, too, is, is this. You know, in, in the course of a draft, you know, when you have one pick in the first round and one pick in the second round, you know, you're zeroing in on a group of players. And, and it, it's not clearly defined. There, there's, there's usually three or four players you like in that group wherever you're picking first round, I'm not talking first overall or second, but in, but you're picking, you're looking at a group of players, three or four, and, and you got to make a decision on, on, on those guys. 
and, and the arguments, the discussions, the debates back and forth and along are, 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 are continuing. Oh, we want this guy. What about this guy? We want that guy. No, I want this guy. And they're all good. But if you, if now that you have multiple picks, though, you, you now say, well, we're going to get a crack at a lot of the players we like if, if you group it. You know, the, the Coyotes aren't going to have a list of 45. They're going to have a, 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 a grouping of players. You know, obviously, the, 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 the first group at three. And then they're going to have their group with the next pick and, then the, and the group with the next pick in the second round. You know, that's 13 of the first uh, – that's uh, four of the first 14 picks. Uh, four of the first 13 picks in the second round. Yeah. So, Craig, you want player A? So, oh, well, we'll take him here. Pretty much you're going to get one of the group that was in that – that you got. So, Leah's going to get her pick at, with, with another second-round pick. And then Steve's going to get another player there. <laughs> Honestly, as Bill Armstrong, who's worked in scouting, it, it, it's a manager and scout's dream not to have to have all these – because everybody can get everything. You, you don't have to say, well, I'm picking this and I'm going to have to give up that. You you can essentially leave with, with just about everything you want. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get exactly the players, but the group of players you're looking at, you're going to be able to get. And, you know, and, and that becomes guaranteed. You'll hear it because you hear it every draft. They're going to draft somebody at whatever and with their second pick in the second round, and they're going to say, well, that's a guy we had rated in our top 20. Right, that, right. That's just the way it goes, and and that's why lists are so different and and interesting, and that's why you get that comment because of the way they rate players. So, I, I think for the Arizona Coyotes, and and this is more for Steve. Like I I know he's hopeful to see the future play out <laughs> sooner rather than later. I, I I think they're in a good place. I, I think the Coyotes are in a good place, and this draft is going to give them an opportunity to to keep building it up. And when you get the different types of players you're going to look at at different points of the draft, to me, it should be an exciting time for not only the Coyotes organization, but for the fan base. Because these are opportunities that don't come along very often. And obviously, you've got to, you've got to make good on them. But I, I, I think that you're, unreal, you're not being realistic if you think all seven are going to play and contribute. But at the very least... They should get five players of varying contributions out of, the, of those first 45 picks, in my view. That's so great to hear. Yeah. And don't forget about that second question. Who do you think the Coyotes are <laughs> going right. to take third overall? <laughs> in well, your estimation. I, 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 Have you I received the transfer? <laughs> Has the transfer I, I, I gone through? Logan Cooley. And, you don't? And I'll tell you why. I think Shane Wright, the centerman, going to Montreal, sitting behind Suzuki. You know, I look at the New Jersey Devils. You know, they have Jack Hughes and Nico Hischer up the middle of the ice. You know, why are you going to add Logan Cooley? As good as he is, why are you going to add him behind those two guys? You have those two guys signed long-term. They drafted Alexander Holtz a couple of years. They got Dawson Mercer. They got Jesper Bratt, who's a smaller player. To me, Uri Slavkovsky absolutely fits what you're looking for in a type of player. And I don't think you can look at the NHL draft as best fit. It's just that in that group of players, what they're trying to build out, watching him play at a higher level, closer to the NHL, I think for what they're trying to do, a left winger with that type of size and power that can go around those two really good centermen, Hisher and Hughes, I think it sets them up really nicely, which allows Logan Cooley to sit there at three for the Coyotes. And again, I just went through Kemmel, and I just think you drafted Gunther last year. You don't get the center. You, you know what? You're not maximizing Gunther. And I think yeah. that's where that's where, that's where where Logan Cooley fits in. Leah, the other part of this, too, that I would add is that, you know, with the other picks, there's other wingers, you know, deeper into the draft that they can take. There's there's other defensemen that they can take at other points in the, in the in after three with the other six picks, which to me puts them in the position to really take that top-notch centerman that Logan Cooley is, in my opinion. All right, we're going to finish up here with uh, – Petey's going to throw a bunch of names at you, Staccato. You don't have to go super detailed on these, but give us your thoughts. Um, Petey's, Petey's got it all lined up here. Yeah, so. but we want to talk centermen because we've been talking yeah. about centermen all along and we talked about Lowen Cooley. I'm going to throw a few other centermen names that have been rumored towards the top of the draft and some may fall to 30 or 32, but we're going to start in Winnipeg with Matthew Savoy. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about his game? He's he's a really he really skilled centerman. I don't think he's going to be a center in the NHL. I think mm -hmm. he's going to have to be a winger. Uh, you know, to I I think his speed is best utilized on the wing. I think that he can uh, open up and you know get the puck on the move. He he, he takes it to the net. He knows how to. He and you know he reminds me lowercase type of play. It reminds me of Phil Kessel and the way he approaches the game. Now, Phil Kessel's been a top player in the NHL. I'm not saying he's Phil Kessel, but that style of game, you know, when Phil gets the puck and now he goes to the net and he can snap it, that's what I see. That's what I see Matthew Savoy. And I, Steve, I don't see him as a center in the NHL. Okay. And, I, and I'll say this, and I, and I don't want it to be NHL teams aren't looking for five foot nine centermen. Yeah. They simply aren't. Well, that brings up the next name. We're going to stay at a smaller stature centerman in Sudbury in the OHL and David Goyette, another guy listed at 5'9", 5'10", up the middle of the ice. Well, well, my comparable for David Goyette has been Toivo Teravainen. And, you know, he plays left wing at times. He, he's been a really good center. I think he's got a magnificent brain. He's got that ability to be elusive. And, you know, I, I do know this. He's closer to 5'11 now. And quicker and, and and really great brain and the playmaking that's there and i think on a sudbury team where he had to be the go-to guy he he was such a strong player and what, what i've seen with with david is just a steady improvement over the course of the year meeting every single challenge along the way and really really have a lot of time for david goyette okay last one up the middle a little bit bigger i'm going to go to chechia and go to Yuri Kulik. I hope it's not Kulik, but I'm saying Kulik. <laughs> Six foot tall, a little bit bigger center iceman. Now, is he actually going to play center? The last two I said center, you've got projected on the wings. Is this guy going to play in the middle? And will he be a guy that maybe be there late in the first round? Well, well Steve, he is a winner. It's like Yuri Kulik oh. is a winner. See, there you go. I, that's, and that's why you do the and, draft and, prospects, and I sit here and talk on a microphone. Yeah, no, no, but, he, but he, he, and he's a really good, I mean, he's a really good player. Smart, shoots the puck, can play in a lot of different areas of your team. You start looking at left wingers like him. Like, so I start to think about the building out of a team, and with these seven picks, you, you have gone through, let's say they go Cooley at three. You know, I start to look at a guy like Yuri Kulich. I start to look at a guy like Cutter Gauthier or Jimmy yeah. Snuggerud. Or, and I'm just mentioning a couple of bigger wingers <laughs> yep. that can fit in. And now you're building out a team. That's where my thinking takes yeah. me with yeah. respect to, you know, a, a player like Yuri. Because I just I, I just see such a strong player in, in, in his play and in his ability to impact the game in so, so many significant ways. Like Patrick Eliash has been retired for a number of years. Mm. Patrick Eliash was a fantastic player for the New Jersey Devils. And that's that's the type of player I think Coolidge is. If you can be anywhere near as good as Patrick Eliash, you, mm, you're, you're, now, you're, you're yeah. now on the borderline of Hall of Fame discussion. I don't think Patrick is a Hall of Famer, but he's on the borderline of the discussion. If he can come anywhere near close to that, you got yourself a good player. All right, we got four names left for you. You just mentioned one of them, one of my favorite names in the draft alone, <laughs> Jimmy Snuggerud. Talk a little bit about him. I love it. So Jimmy and Cutter, Gauthier. Cutter yeah, Gauthier. And yeah. to me, the two of them, I, I, the most improvement I've seen out of players this from last year to this year was those two players. You know, at, at the U-17 program with the National Team Development Program, I was really, really uh, so impressed at their improvements from last year to this year. And last year, the U18 team that played in Dallas, Texas at, at, at the U18 championship had seven of those 2004-born players on their team, including Logan Cooley, Isaac Howard, Rector McGrory, right? They, they all played on that team. And Cutter Gochi and Jimmy Snuggerud didn't because they, they weren't capable last year. But to watch them play this year and to see how much they've improved, just a massive, massive impression that they left, not just on me, but on so many others. Jimmy can shoot the puck. He can make plays. He, he, he's hard on the puck. He's got size. He drives the net smart. And you know what? 
like, I'll be straightforward with you. In my view, if Cutter Goche and Jimmy Snuggerud aren't top 10 picks, then why? I'll be shocked. Okay. I just see them. I just see them as prototypical, really good top wing, uh, top NHL wingers. That's how good I think they are. That's more excitement. I, I like. I like to see an. I'm. I'm an American, so I'll. I like to see American kids get. Yeah. Get that kind of love. So that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk well, about Craig, that. I'll oh. tell you this: the national team development program, they could have seven <clears throat> first rounders right. on that team. Wow. Like it's it's an impressive group of players. So yeah, awesome. uh, you're going to get a lot of opportunity uh, to cheer for the selection of, of the players from that team, and deservedly so. I mean, you know. You, you look at Brian Chesley, you look at Isaac Howard, you look at Frankie Nazar. I, I mentioned Rutger McGrory. You know, these are all really, really good players. All right, I'm going to throw one more name at you and leave the two hardest names to pronounce for somebody else. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Danilo Yurov in the KHL. Your thoughts? I think I think he's a terrific, well-rounded player. And, you know, I, I, I compare him to former Coyote Marion Hosa. <laughs> Ouch. Legend. Coyote <laughs> legend. Coyote legend. Not a life with Datsuk, was so, he? Yep. Yep. You know, obviously Marion's a Hall of Famer, right? But like to me, what I'm describing with 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 Yurov is is that complete all-around game. He he can kill penalties, he can play a power game, he can play a skill game on the power play, he can make plays, he can score goals, he can play a fast game, he can play a detailed game. The, the interesting thing with Yurov now is there's no question in my mind how good he is. The question now becomes, you know, being from Russia, what yeah. does that mean? Where are the teams at with respect to, uh, you know, their willingness to draft a Russian? I'll, I'll go back to the, to the late 80s, early 90s, when, when the Russians were, were beginning to get drafted. You know, Fedorov went in the fourth round. Bure went in the sixth round. Daniil Yurov's going to get drafted in the first round. Is he going to get drafted as high as maybe I think he should be or, or others think he should be? I don't know that. But I know wherever he gets drafted, somebody's going to get a really good player. And you come to a point in the draft. Think about Evgeny Kuznetsov. And George mm. McPhee has told me this. They drafted him, I believe, at 25. There was a lot of things. He had a contract in the, in the KHL. He was going to stay for three more years or whatever it was. And George just said, wait a second here. This guy's too skilled. He's too good. You know what? The bottom line is, is that when you look at a player like that, with that type of ability, there comes a point in time when you just, you, you just say, we have to take him. Well, I'm going to keep it in Russia, and this will be the last name because you've helped us out tremendously today try to understand this draft. I'm going to go to a name that a year ago was very, very high on the list and had some major life-altering health issues. We're going to go to Ivan Mirosnichenko. And where does he stand on the draft board right now today? So, so obviously, we go back to the combine, right? Like, and the Russians aren't coming to the combine, but you're going to work with the agent to try to get as much medical information on Ivan as you possibly can. Because what, what I call him, Steve, is, is a hungry goal scorer. He, he's a player that gets inside the dots hard. He gets into that inner slot and slot area, and he's got not only the determination and kind of that bulldog scoring attitude, he, he, he's got a real understanding of how to get open, when to get open, and, and he can score in multiple ways because it's not just driving the puck to the net. He he he, he can he can use a, a deft touch. He can use a, a real drive of a shot. You know he he can beat you from thirty five feet because he's got such a, a good shot, a good accurate shot. But but his hunger, his his drive to score is really significant. Like so, him and Yurov fall into two different categories. Yurov, just because of, of of where he is and what it means to draft a Russian player, you know, there's a lot of different things outside of of the on ice. You know, visas. Like, how do you get a visa now? Like, like I don't know what the process is. I don't know what the U.S. government is looking at with respect to giving visas to Russia. I don't know. So those are things NHL teams are going to be looking at. But then you go to the next part with, with Marash Machenko, and you're trying to understand the medical. But as a player, he, he's a really, really good player. And, and I would have to say, 
that he's a player that's going to have to, if, if you're just looking at it based on talent and you're looking at skill level, he, he's a top 15 pick in my view. Mm. One of the things that's happened, and, you know, we talk about last year. So last year, you're looking at a young player that clearly demonstrated he had NHL potential. But as I just talked now about Jimmy Snuggerud and Cutter Gauthier and others, you know, you're, you, you watch them and you know that they, you, you, they're prospects. But you don't know how good they are yet. And, you know, that's why you watch over time and you try to consider, okay, other players might fall into the group. Like, Marash Kachenko was really good, but we didn't know how good Snuggerud or, or, or Goche were going to be, and, and they're not the only ones. So you continue to watch, you continue to evaluate, but it doesn't, for me, diminish the type of player uh, Ivan is. You just have to understand, you know, what does the medical report tell you? I, I can't imagine he's not going to be drafted. I, I'm not going to. I don't want to suggest, but he, if he did drop into that range of of uh, the the, uh, the five or the four second round picks that the Coyotes have, and they're satisfied on the medical, I I would have to believe that yeah. you know, with those four picks, you're saying we're going to draft that kid if you're satisfied on the medical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Craig, we can't thank you enough for joining us and being so generous with your time. Every time we talk to you, it's I, I walk away with so much hope mm. and excitement yeah. um, to be a Coyotes fan. So we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, yeah my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for asking me to be part of it. I always enjoy the chats. And, you know, one thing, too, and I think it's important to emphasize is that when I talk about comparable I'm talking about the style of game a player plays. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that somebody's going to be Bashkov or somebody's going to be Mariposa or what. I'm just saying that's the type of game they play. If, yeah. if those players that I describe become anywhere near the players I say have similar type game, well, then those are just absolute home runs. And everybody's trying to hit a home run come the draft. And certainly, you know, I'm just trying to give a glimpse of of, of, of the type of game a player has with players that are in the NHL or players that have played in the NHL. I, and I also want to say thank you too, because, and I, I apologize for butchering some of these names and their pronunciations, but in fairness, these players are yet to be household names and they will be someday. And we'll look back at this show and they go, God, you mispronounced that guy's name. Like you didn't even know him. <laughs> and so we really right. honestly, sincerely appreciate it because we just don't have there's the a skill level or knowledge or time to go through and learn about all of these people. So we're glad someone like yourself, Craig, does take the time. So we, we can't thank you enough for, for bringing Arizona hockey fans into the know on what's going to happen in this year's draft. Yeah, happy to share that with you. And, you know, I work with Gordon Miller, who does a fantastic job <laughs> of play by play. And so I, I always get the, uh, the tutorial on the pronunciation of the names. And one of the things <laughs> that we really try to do yeah. is sometimes, Steve, I'll be honest with you, sometimes we might not say it totally accurately. But we just say, let's say it exactly the same. Yeah. As we're about. <laughs> so That's if it's wrong, at least we're both saying it wrong. The same. <laughs> That's exactly. Great. All right, Craig. All right, Craig. Well, the truth is the Cabana Boy is here with our lunch right now. Yeah. So we have to go. <laughs> and we're off to the pool. But thank you so much for joining us today. Seriously, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks, Craig. My pleasure. Hey, listen, I have an idea. Next time I'm coming down to Phoenix and we're going to do it right by poolside. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. We're Drinks are in. on us if you do. <laughs> All right. Bye, you, Craig. Craig. Thank Thanks, you. Craig. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks again to Craig Button for joining us. He does tremendous work. He's so dialed in to the, the prospect scene. And you can follow him on Twitter at Craig J. Button and follow all his work at TSN. He just is so knowledgeable. So Yeah, that was we fantastic. Were, yeah, amazing. It's but amazing. It, the, the big thing for me, the biggest takeaway from all of this time today, as again, is underline, underscore, bold-faced hope. <laughs> For Coyotes fans, and and that's I know in I June, think, you know, June's fast around the corner. That's all we can hope for. We take clips from our show, and I just want to take the clip where he says, "If you can get Gunther on a line with Logan Cooley, oh boy, yeah, like we need to just clip that." You want to talk about hope? Didn't you just like, picture that in your mind? Yes, right now? as oh soon as he God. said, I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> "Okay, who's on the left side?" It's, it's almost still off the top line. It's almost not fair. It's almost, and I hate to say this, it's how the hell are the Coyotes going to screw this? No. Up? Because you finally see something. Oh my God, that's like it's Pasternak, it's Bergeron, it's Bergeron Marchand, it's it's all these tandems, Kane and Debrinkad. It's 
that's how these teams are winning with these tandems of, yeah. of great players. And we're this close as an Arizona hockey fan to having Cooley and Gunther. Cooley and Gunther. And a tandem that you can go, mm. oh shit. Can you yeah. imagine five, six, seven years from now, their third or fourth year together? Yeah. And that's, I know I'm jumping the gun. I get it. This is how you win cups, is you get two high draft picks that pan out, that play together, that grow together. I know staying way over my skis here, but that's how you do it. Not saying that's what's going to happen here, but that's how other teams have won cups. Okay, wheel of fantasy moment. The year is 2025. Logan Cooley centers a line with Dylan Gunther and Clayton Keller. And the Coyotes are heavy favorites going into their home opener against wow. the Vegas Golden Knights, who have completely fallen off yeah. the map. Oh. Alas. Is that their second line? Because Austin Matthews is centering the first line. <laughs> Wait, but where's wow. Bedard in there? We need Bedard <laughs> in there, too. Bedard's in there. They decided to play him on the wing. Bedard's <laughs> on the wing. So we don't play together. up the middle of no, the ice anymore. Yeah, too deep up too the middle. Too many centers, God forbid. <laughs> well, hopefully... That will come true in the year 2025. Uh, but for now, in the year 2022, the Coyotes are not in the playoffs. And Look at you. Tee it up the same way. Don't bet on Don't it. Don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. But you can bet on the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and anything else you want on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, including the Western Hockey League playoffs, which was our pick of the week last week. And Dylan Gunther's Edmonton Oil Kings continue to have success in the postseason. So if you want to bet on that or anything else, you can do so. At the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. And right now, all customers, not just new customers, can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. All right. Well, that was fun. And, and I guess this is where we said back last the September, October, when we started this whole venture with PHNX, this is what we've been gearing up for this whole time. Part of the rebuild is the draft. And we wanted to make sure not just the three of us, but Coyote fans here in the desert got to know some of the names and some of the players that are going to be involved in the draft. I will say this. This is the most prepared I have been for a draft <laughs> In my life, <laughs> I, mo I know more names and I granted I mispronounced them and I said a center was a wing. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but I'm more prepared for this draft than any other draft in history. Yeah, I'm, so I, I'm excited. About I'm it. really excited about it. And um, I don't know, just I can't now we've had two now that ever since the Coyotes have gotten the third pick and we've had Corey Promen and Craig Button on both Corey and Craig said that they think Logan Cooley is going to be the Arizona Coyotes pick. <sighs> It's exciting. So to think it's about really exciting way. to think about. And if you haven't read mm. Craig's story on gophnx.com, he talked to Logan Cooley, talked to some of his coaches as well. If you haven't had the chance to check that out, you should do so at gophnx.com. And Craig's monthly mailbag was posted today. Something to do with scorpions. Last month it was morning doves. This month it was scorpions. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but I will because you got some great questions on Twitter and in the members only Discord. So if you want to have access to those stories and also access to the members only Discord, become a member today at gophnext.com and check out the PHNX locker as well. Some great stuff in there, shirts and hats and some other clothing items coming soon. Just saying. Mm. What? A little tease that we yeah. I'll show you That's after the I... show. Oh, okay. Yeah. We don't get, we're on a need to know basis. I know. Yeah. PD, so. I know. Okay. That's all um, it is. It was probably on some kind of internet thing, and I don't know that. You internet show me. thing. <laughs> yeah. piece of paper. No, I have it's, Fax it's, it's, it to it's me. a physical item. I Fax can it to me. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Oh. Any final notes from um, from today? Can no, save I mean, the rest for tomorrow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll talk. We're about, doing it again tomorrow. Well, we're, we're doing we're, an we audio do it every day, yep. buddy. <sighs> Schedule every weekday anyway. Audio on Thursday. Yeah, we can talk world championship. And we'll talk the Prosvitovic extension. We'll talk all that tomorrow. But one thing we should promo is something that posted on the uh, GoPHNX site this morning that Cheers to Susel. Oh yes. Oh yeah. The story. Part three of the episode story. Episode three. It's the final part the final for now. Episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the final episode for now because the story is not over. It is ever evolving. Uh, episode three of the story, which is 
this first series is the story of the coyotes and wandering the desert is what it's called and I can't think of a more appropriate name because that is what this team has done and continues to do um, so check that out subscribe to the story wherever you get your podcasts and um, follow Cheerst on Twitter it, it was an amazing amazing story I cannot wait to listen to part yeah three. some really really frank interviews on this last part of it um, with Glendale City Manager Kevin Phelps with Julie Frisoni Coyotes fans probably remember that name there's some really good stuff on this episode Give it a listen. Yep, absolutely. I'm excited. All right. Any final thoughts? I'm ready. I'm good. Let's All start right. prepping for tomorrow. Yep. Lunch is here. Yes. Lunch. Yes, we're going to go <laughs> to the pool. Yeah, go to the side. Um, thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever <laughs> you get your podcast. Andrew's asking, has Craig has been working Craig out? Has Craig been working out? What? Why, why are you laughing? No, but first of all, <laughs> thank how you, the Andrew. hell could you tell from that view? Like, what, really? I think he's looking at my pipes, Petey. Craig's <laughs> <laughs> been working out, oh, oh, fighting Lord. with Sean for the most fit in the office. <laughs> yeah, except for this hip. Exactly. As soon as I get the hip replacement, buddy, we'll <laughs> see me chase you down. <laughs> we'll have to do some competitions in the summer oh, after oh, that. Um, thank you so much for watching, everyone. Audio episode tomorrow. We'll be back live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Friday at 11 a.m. We're getting close to ha me having to eat fake maple syrup. Let's see. We are still 30 followers away. Uh oh, so. you got to do something about that. We need to make that happen by next week. We need to know that that's in the bank. Yes. Because, you know, unlike other members of this show, I trust that you'll pay your debt. I know. PD I got an idea. It. We're going to talk about it after show. I got to say okay. something about the dance. Well, follow us on Twitter. We're 30 away at PHNX underscore coyotes. Everyone, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.